Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, hello. Matt Williamson here. Belly up to my bar. Let's talk championship weekend. The last Locked On NFL podcast of the week. Before we decide who is going to meet in Super Bowl 51. I'm expecting two exceptional games. And in some ways, that's all I've been thinking about all week. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around both, especially Steelers Patriots. I'm not. I, I'm having a hard time getting in the head of both respective staffs of how I would attack the other because I really don't think those two teams. And we'll talk about the other one first, but those two teams don't have glaring weaknesses. You know that where the NFC game there's glaring weaknesses and glaring strengths, and therefore I think there's going to be a whole lot of points. But my reservations for that game are really, you know, circulating around the injury situation. It's about 1 o'clock Eastern here on Friday, sitting in my basement at the bar. And we're not getting, a as you would expect, I mean, we're not getting a whole lot of definitive injury information from these teams. Nor, I mean, nor should we. I mean, I'm not complaining about that. I mean, is Julio Jones, or any of these guys, right? Julio Jones, Morgan Burnett, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson. Um, Man, and to me, that makes it really difficult to handicap from where we're sitting now. Not using that at all as as (laughs) as an excuse or, you know, you guys know me well enough by now. I'll tell you what I think. Um. I, let's start with special teams, and in these two games, we're not going to talk special teams. So we're not. We could start there, but we're basically going to end with it too. There, I, I don't think either team has a massive advantage on special teams. I'm not d- downplaying the importance of them. Obviously, huge game, evenly matched teams. Special teams could absolutely make the difference, but neither one of these games has a team that is way better in that phase. I mean, if we were to break down every phase, maybe. Sorry, I'm not doing that. We're not talking punt team, extra point team, all those things. So, special teams are not going to be a big factor in our discussion for either game. But let's start Packers-Falcons when Green Bay has the ball. Might as well. What the heck? As alluded to, their receivers are so banged up. You know, I mean, is Montgomery maybe going to play more receiver if he has to? Are you going to, is Adams and Nelson and these guys going to play no matter what, but are they going to be shells of themselves? I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. Will they run the ball a lot? You know, make Montgomery a receiver and Michael your running back at times if you're short on receivers. Maybe. I certainly like the Packers at the line of scrimmage more than I like Atlanta. And I got to be honest, I've probably been a little too harsh on Atlanta's defense with you guys over the past several weeks saying it's garbage. It's young, it's getting better, it's athletic, it's fast. Beasley's a very good pass rusher, but I don't think they rush the passer real well. Uh they have, you know, if you if you 
think about it, you know, they're a Seattle Seahawk based cover three scheme system, but they've also gone to a lot more man coverage with success and even with Trufant out. And boy, I'd love to see Trufant added to this defense next year too. I mean, he might be the best corner in the league. I mean, that's one of the one of the huge uh, injuries that people don't talk about enough across country, but he's a stud. Anyways, we know that Green Bay doesn't handle man coverage as well as they do zone, and especially if these guys aren't 100% too, which, well, they're not going to be 100%, but Nelson and Adams and these guys, they're not great separators to begin with, and it's not like they're going to go against Trufant or Deion Sanders, but they've gotten better at, at man coverage. But if you're going to play man coverage against the Packers, you better have Deion Jones or Keanu Neal or Campbell or one of these athletic guys spying Rodgers all the time because he's lethal with his feet, especially when they see man. Uh, They're more adapt in zone. They are pretty athletic. Like I said, though, I don't think the pass rush is going to get to Rodgers, and that's something we've talked about every week is I don't care who's covering who. If Rodgers has a long time to throw repeatedly, he's going to torture you. And I think he's going to have a long time to throw repeatedly. I understand that Vic Beasley's the, the NFL sack leader this year. But if you watch him, he's not a top 10 NFL pass rusher. At least not yet. He, he beats people with speed off the edge and, and a lot of looping and stunting, long stunts, you know, where he goes a gap or two. Closes really well. He's athletic. The rest of the pass rushers, to me, are basically inconsequential. And Freeney's not what he used to be. Maybe this is his last season. And against a really good Packers offensive line, especially in protection. So I really think Green Bay's offensive line wins in the running game. Absolutely wins in the passing game. And Rodgers is Superman. You know, like last week, I didn't pick the Packers. I picked Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, I I don't know how you go against him right now. I mean, the level he's playing is sick. But boy, he's going to have to do it alone. I mean, not alone, but he's going to have to do it with probably less than he's had. And that's going to be difficult against the best offense in the league, which of course brings us to the other side of the ball. I wish I knew that Julio was healthy. I mean, and I'm sure he's not, but I'd lo- I'd love to ha- I'd- <laughs> I'd love to watch pregame warm-ups and watch about three or four minutes of the game and then talk to you guys and break down this game and say, okay, Julio looks fine, or boy, he's hobbling around out there. He's a decoy. You know I mean? It'd be great to know these things. And obviously, all coaches will be you know, very much observing these things pregame, uh, those type of things. You know, as a side note, like when I was with the Browns, you know, you would watch the other team and you knew their injury report and you'd see how they were moving around in pregame and that kind of thing. If you notice something, you'd tell people, you know, and like, boy, he, he's hobbling or he's struggling or, you know, those type of things. Um, anyway, I do think, let's start with the line. Really good Falcons line. Again, like we talked about earlier this week, I mean, four of the best five, six, seven, eight lines in the league. And these two are near the top. I think Pittsburgh's is the best of the four for sure and really rivals Dallas as the best in the league. But anyways, these are two of the top five lines in the league. I think the Falcons line has a tougher day, though, than the other way around. Uh, you know, I think that they rush the passer better. Peppers, Perry, Mike Daniels is a star, too. And you line him up over a guard. They're weaker at guard. They're better at center in the tackle positions than they are at guard. Atlanta I'm talking about. So I do think Ryan will be under more pressure than Rodgers. 
And I think that's absolutely key. You know, I mean, back to Rodgers. I mean, he, he murders the blitz, by the way. So, I mean, if they're going to blitz him heavy, maybe they do it anyways because, they, you know, they don't trust the receivers if, if they're really banged up. But Rodgers kills the blitz. Anyways, um, but the Packers allow so many big plays. And the Falcons passing game creates so many big plays. Deep balls, long touchdowns in the passing game. Especially if Julio's healthy, you know, but they have no corners at all to keep up with Julio, even if he's close to being healthy. And and they manufacture offense so very well, throw a wide variety of personnel packages at you. You'll see three tight ends. You'll see, uh, you know, fullback. You'll see Gabriel. You'll see Sanu. And, and Ryan is orchestrating it all very, very well. And of course, the talk this week, rightfully so, is how great Aaron Rodgers is. But Ryan's playing at nearly the same level. You know, I mean, he, his plays don't show up on SportsCenter as much. They're not as jaw-dropping. But he's remarkably efficient right now. A master of his offense. Master of his domain. You know, his command and precision with the ball has been great. I really like their running game, an outside zone-based running game, and that's what makes everything work, you know, in the Shanahan offense, and he's going to have to take that with him to San Fran. Best of luck. I don't know why he took that job, but anyways. Um, I also really like Freeman and Coleman in the passing game in this one. I, I don't think the Packers linebackers are threatening in that way. Um, I really like HaHa ha Clinton Dix, but it does sound like Burnett probably won't play. He would be near the line of scrimmage a lot. One thing Capers will do a lot of is he'll play sub-package defense even against your base, and we saw that against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys still didn't run him out of it. I don't quite understand that. But Atlanta might come out with DeMarco, their fullback, and three tight ends and Julio, or, you know, or two tight ends and Julio, 22 personnel, and just try to mash these guys, especially if they're going to play five defensive backs against base or against heavier sets. But no Burnett, and their corners are bad. So, I mean, I think you want them in five. I think you want them in their sub package because they're not very. There's not much talent there, especially if Burnett's out. So, while I think the Green Bay front is much better than Atlanta's. And I do think their pass rush will be better than Atlanta's this game. And their run stuffing, you know, from their big guys. Their secondary really, really worries me. I mean, as well as Ryan's playing and all the weapons they have. And Julio's gigantic, but they're not as Julio-dependent now as they've been. Playing at home, again, I think there's a ton of points. Whoever has the ball last wins. And you absolutely do not want Rodgers to have the ball last. I mean, I think that's big. Is You want the last possession in this game if you're Atlanta. You, absolutely, I don't care if he starts on his own one-yard line, 52 seconds left and no timeouts. That place is going to be, their hearts will be in their throat. I mean, the way he's playing. I don't doubt Rodgers at all. I'm taking Atlanta. I just think the supporting cast, let's look at it this way. The, the gap from Rodgers to Ryan is much smaller than the gap of the rest of the team from Atlanta to Green Bay, especially when you factor in the injuries. And But I, I hate to bet against Rodgers. I mean, I still can't quite say it. 
I just think he almost has to be too superhuman to keep up with Ryan's offense in this one. Although I like the Packers front seven more than I like the Falcons front seven. Tons of points. Honestly thinking like 41-38. And it wouldn't shock me if either team won. That's for sure. But I'm going to go with the home team. I think their offense is better at home. A lot of Green Bay injuries. But reluctantly. I mean, I can't believe I'm betting against Aaron Rodgers. But that's what I'm going to do in this case. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Now, I mentioned this to start the show. I don't know what to think about Patriots-Steelers. I do think it's going to be a very good game. I just don't know strategy-wise. And this is unlike me. And I'm really thinking that you're going to learn a lot in the first couple drives, the first quarter, that this is like, you know, a a heavyweight fight in the first two rounds of the fight are going to be a lot of jabs and feeling each other out. A lot of different personnel groupings on both sides of the ball. Who's going to match up on Antonio Brown? Are you going to try to take away Bell or are you going to try to take away Brown? I mean, what's the strategy here? How do the Steelers alter their defense to handle Brady? Is it going to be a Lewis game? Is it going to be a blunt game? What receivers are healthy for the Patriots, too? They have major receiver issues, too, and that's, of course, is unclear how healthy they are. I don't think Michael Bennett is 100% or close to it. I would be shocked if Ladarius Green plays, and the Steelers could really use one more weapon. We know about their red zone woes last week, and having a big body to go up and get the ball in the red zone would sure be helpful. Um So I don't know. Again, I don't think special teams is a major advantage for either team. When the Steelers have the ball, well, first of all, I I sort of talked about this earlier in the show too, that I look at the Steelers, I look at the Patriots, and comparing them to teams in the rest of the league, I think it's hard to find weaknesses. You know, I don't think there's glaring weaknesses with either one of these teams, like Green Bay's corners, you know, or... Uh, a lot of different teams throughout these playoffs and, you know, all throughout the every Friday when we get together, I'd be like, boy, they can really exploit things here. I would say the biggest weakness, of, uh, you know, the facet of any of these teams that's the weakest would be the Patriots' pass rush. I like Trey Flowers a lot. Sheard and Long and those guys are okay. Hightower's a great blitzer. But... All in all, they don't rush the passer very well. And like I said, I think the Steelers' offensive line is elite right now. So, on top of that, they rush three, like 25% of the time, which is way more than anyone in the league. So, it's almost like Belichick's like, yeah, we're not good at rushing the passer, so we're going to do something else. We're just going to rush three, and we're going to drop eight in the coverage, which some quarterbacks love because you have all day to scan the field. And some quarterbacks hate because they're different coverages than you've been accustomed to playing. There's an extra body somewhere, and you can do a lot of different things with that extra body. So, 
you know, you would think as a veteran, Ben would be patient and think, I've got great blocking here. Could probably put extra guys into the routes if we're going to see a lot of three-man pressures. Got to diagnose this defense and be smart with the ball. But he's thrown the ball to the other team an awful lot lately. You know, is that going to be a big component here? And if you're dropping eight, it makes it a lot easier to get two people very close to Antonio Brown on every snap. And they're not going to drop eight every snap, but they do it more than any team in the league. You know, that's noteworthy. Their base defense now also isn't really a 4-3 or a 3-4. I mean, it's more of a big nickel situation. So if you're the Steelers and you're seeing a lot of big nickel against base, are you just going to try to run like crazy? You, you know, I know the Patriots have a good run defense. Oh, let's talk about their defense real quick too, though. They rank high against the run. I think a lot of that, I think they're a good run defense, and I think they're a good defense in general. They have the best points against in the league by a wide margin during the regular season. That's wonderful. They are a good defense. They're not the top defense, though, in my opinion. Like I said, I don't think they rush the passer super well. I think their secondary is really good. I like Hightower a lot. Very well coached, obviously. But their slate of games that they've played to get here honestly couldn't be easier, especially from the offenses they faced. You know, I heard today the Patriots have only beat two teams, two playoff teams this year that had their starting quarterback. Like, they beat the Steelers, but he had Landry Jones. And that was the the Dolphins in Houston last week. So, I mean, they're borderline teams to begin with. You look at the quarterbacks that the, the Patriots have faced this year, the list is brutal. I mean, like Andy Dalton and Russell Wilson. Wilson's a great player, and they, and they beat him. But Andy Dalton's like the next best quarterback they faced all year. Flacco, you know, I mean, middle-of-the-road guys, you know, for 16 games, 17 games. So, I also will say that the offense has helped the defense a lot, too. I mean, they, they rarely have started in poor field position because Brady doesn't turn the ball over, an efficient offense. So, yes, the Patriots' defense is good, but it's not elite. You know, I think the Steelers, my point is the Steelers' offense to me is more talented than the, the Patriots' defense. I, I have little reservations about that, especially when you factor in the offensive line. Um, and also the Patriots run defense has been really good statistically, and it is a good one. And their defensive tackles clog things up well. High towers a beast coming downhill. Their, their ends are pretty good players too in the run game. Their safeties support well. Um, but they also were playing with the lead a lot and people aren't going to run against them in the fourth quarter. And it's all yardage based statistics. Again, I don't think they rush the passer very well. I would think much like the pizza commercial, you're going to get Butler on Brown. But the other way of thinking of it, and again, this is why I want to see the first couple minutes of the game. I'm talking about those jabs. Is maybe you put Butler on a guy like Eli Rogers and he owns him. And you put Ryan banging around Brown with help over the top and don't blitz very often. You know, and make a lot of bodies around Brown. Kind of leave Butler alone on someone like Eli Rogers. I mean, Jesse James isn't going to beat you. Bell obviously cre- creates big problems in the passing game, and I think he gets more involved in the passing game. Um, he's had a huge workload lately, but more as a runner. He hasn't caught the ball as much the last few weeks. I, I think that – I bet he has 30 touches and maybe five, six, seven, eight catches in this game and used a lot. I mean, a ton of Bell in this game. Again, I like the Steelers at the line of scrimmage. I don't 100% trust Ben – to value the football, though. I mean, I, I don't like the way he's playing. I would be hard-pressed to believe he's 100% healthy. He takes too much risk with the ball, but he should have time to throw. 
I think the Steelers move the ball. Um, but those are a lot of things to look at in this in that side of the ball. Again, I don't know. I don't have a wonderful feeling of how these two teams will attack each other. And that's the same is true whenever Brady's behind center, too. That's a good offensive line. It is. And but they gave up a lot of a gap interior pressure last week. And I think the Steelers will try to do the same. They're kind of historically known for their inside linebacker, Tim and Shazier X blitzes. They've done them for a million years to it. I think can get interior pressure. You'll see Dupree and Harrison line up on the second level and attack the interior. I think in the, maybe the biggest key to the game for Pittsburgh is getting hits on Brady. And even if it's, you know, in the echo of the whistle, I think that's important. You know, he's an old dude in the cold. He does not like getting hit anymore. And I think up the middle, as historically is the case with him, is how you have to do it. I also think Harrison should beat up on Solder. Taller, leaner guys like that are what Harrison feasts on. And Solder's had a good year, and they're really, they are a good line. Um, they're kind of better than the sum of their parts, though. Shaq Mason's their best player, I think. He's a really good young guard. He's fun to watch. Shorter, kind of different type of player. Keep an eye on Shaq Mason. He's a fun guy to watch. Their receivers, though. I mean, Edelman, I think, is going to get peppered with targets and line them up all over the place. Is Hogan healthy? He's kind of the big play guy. And neither one of these defenses allow a lot of big plays. You know, they're both good in the red zone. They don't allow a lot of big plays. I mean, I don't think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And I really do think, I was just talking to Stan Savern here locally, you know, every blade of grass is going to be important. Every first down, you know, every third and two. I really think points are going to be valuable. We're much different than the NFC where it's going to be a lot more freewheeling. Um, you know, Hogan, is he playing probably? Is he healthy? Is he kind of going to take, they're going to take shots at them stretching the field? We saw this last week, and we've seen it more lately. That it's not they've abandoned their short rhythmic passing game, but they've thrown deep more, you know. And I think they trust their line more. But I, I think that Pittsburgh will get to Brady some, and Hogan's usually that guy. Floyd can also stretch the field. Floyd kind of might be in the doghouse, but he's played a lot of snaps lately. Is Mitchell going to play? I don't know. I think they'll, they're better. I think their their health situation is better than Green Bay's. You know that they'll have they'll have guys and Edelman's 100 percent and I bet he gets a ton of targets in this one. And too often in the first matchup, you saw Timmons on Edelman. That Brady will attack that and you know bleed you dry if that's going to be the case. I mean William Gay is probably the guy that should match up on the most. That still favors Edelman. Gay's had a good season though. Um, but. I don't think Bennett is all that effective. He's okay. I'd be shocked if they stretch the field effectively. I mean, the Steelers don't allow a lot of big plays. Like I said, Steelers also don't tackle wonderfully. You know, Shazier can be kind of the culprit there. And both Blunt and Lewis, I actually just wrote an article about this. It's more about Lewis. Are great tackle breakers, difficult guys to get on the ground. Obviously very different styles. And we know New England always employs two very different running backs. And I don't know what they're going to do. You know, if I'm looking at the Steelers' defense, you know, all you fantasy nerds out there are always, you know, you can learn a lot with through fantasy at times, too. There's so many good analysts out there. The people analyze Patriot games throughout the week, and they'll be like, start Lewis. This is going to be a Lewis game because we expect a lot of passing. Or, oh, this looks like a blunt game because the defense they're playing is a little softer. They'll probably just pound the defense into the ground with blunt. 
I don't know how I would attack the Steelers if I was Belichick with this one. Would it be more Lewis or would it be more Blunt? I think Lewis is the better player, and his snap count's going up while Blunt's is going down a little bit. And, you know, Blunt's been taking a, a beating all year, and Lewis should be the fresher player after his injury and all those things. But I also think he's a better player. Certainly way more well-rounded. You know, you can still run like Garrett Blunt runs with, with Lewis, but he brings so much more to the table as an outside runner and especially as a receiver. And if they can get him on Timmons, that's key. I was asked this week, you know, what do you expect from the Patriots passing game? And I said, Edelman's going to lead the team in targets by a million. And the next guy that's in, in the next leading receiver is going to be whoever Lawrence Timmons is covering. <laughs> you know, which may end up being more targets than Edelman if you combine all the players. If that's Lewis, if that's Bennett, if it's Edelman, you know, whoever it is, I think that's someone Brady's going to target with quick hitters, rub routes, you know, option routes, running back detached or out of the backfield. Timmons is a good player, but he doesn't cover ground like he used to. That's a, a guy they can exploit in a quick hitting, quickness-based timing passing game. And he'll be on the field a lot. You know, even if they're in nickel or whatever. So, I don't know what to expect from Patriots game plan-wise, tactically. Do you try to just to bludgeon the Steelers with, with Blunt and pound them into the ground? And I don't think that's the way to go. I think you put it on Brady. Get it out quick. Try not to take a lot of hits. Lewis and Edelman you to death. Pick on Timmons. And I think the defenses both hold up pretty well in this game. You know, that don't allow a big lot of big plays. Both are strong in the red zone. Force teams to kick field goals. And in the end, I think it's like a 21-20 game. And, you know, I, I mentioned that these teams don't have huge weaknesses. But it certainly is an advantage of the been there, done it, you know, Emperor, Darth Vader, Empire, New England, Belichick, Brady, at home, AFC championship game. By the way, this is Steelers' 16th championship game in their in their history, which is amazing. It's only been 47. The first of four of them were not um, AFC, NFC championship games. They were against the AFL. So they've been in 16 out of 47 championship games. And one of these teams is going to advance and be the team in NFL history that has the most Super Bowl appearances, which is... Mind-boggling. Unbelievable organizations. I got the Patriots 21-20, but boy, I can make an argument either way. I think the Steelers have a really good chance to win this game. In New England, you know, I I, I said it before, I think in the end, there's going to be a lot of, in the beginning, the first couple rounds, I think there's going to be a lot of feeling each other out. How are we going to game plan this? What kind of weaknesses can we try to exploit? A lot of different personnel groupings by both offenses. See what works. But in the end, I think the second half's all going to be about fundamental football. Don't make mistakes. Do your job, quote Belichick. Blocking and tackling. And I think that slightly favors New England. And they're at home. But man, I, I don't feel strong about it. So I guess I'm predicting a Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. I don't think we can go wrong with however it turns out. I'm sure the networks would love any of the matchups. I think they all could be excellent. I don't think any of those teams or any of those matchups would have huge favorites for Super Bowl 51. I'm psyched about it, though. So we will get together on Monday and discuss it all. In the meantime, check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Adios.